ST 2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We are rolling out of you here today in episode 320 of The Hotter Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I have a epic episode for you here today. I talk to you every single week right here on The Hotter Show. I'm sitting down with my buddy, Brooks Bigley who is the communications director for the Gray Rooms podcast and is also the host and producer of Behind the Door, which is a behind-the-scenes podcast for the Gray Rooms that I really, really love. And Brooks is an awesome guest. We dive into how he got started with the Gray Rooms, how he got started with podcasting in general, his love of horror and where that stems from, the early days of Behind the Door and how how he got to take over as the host of Behind the Door and kind of what he likes to do now with that podcast. And you guys know how much I love the Gray Rooms and how much I love everyone involved with it, including obviously my guest today, Brooks, as well as, of course, previous guests I've had on the show from the Gray Rooms, of course, which is Jason Wilson, who's the creator of the Gray Rooms, and Arthur Unk, who is a writer for the Gray Rooms, and also Mark Taus, of course, who has done some writing for the Gray Rooms as well. And definitely more to come on that, but I'm super excited to have Brooks on. He, We just had so much fun getting to chat with him, and it was interesting getting to chat with somebody who also does interviewing and does such a phenomenal job at it. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. Before I jump into that, I got to give a huge shout out to everybody who supported last week's episode of the show, my chat with my buddy Christian from One in the Chamber. Definitely a fantastic episode. Christian was great, and I cannot thank him enough for the support and all of their fan base for the support. That was a lot of fun. Getting to interact with some new people and getting to uh, link up with some new people. So very excited about that. Big shouts again to One in the Chamber. Definitely more to come with them on The Hotter Show. So stay tuned for that. And stay tuned for the entirety of this episode. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Buckle up because... You've learned about what's behind the door. Now, hear from the man who takes you there as we go behind the brooks. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of The Hotter Show. I am your guest, Brooks Bigley, and with me tonight is TJ Hotter, the creator and host of the show. How are you this evening, TJ? I'm doing very well, Brooks. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. I very much appreciate it. As such a fan of Behind the Door, I'm so excited to be here with you on this edition of Behind the Brooks here Hell on the Harder yeah. Show. <laughs> Ooh, thank you for having me. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fun to be here. Ah, the pleasure is mine, man. I am such a fan of what you do because, yes, I've been doing interview podcasts <laughs> for almost six years now and stuff, but... What you do is so, it's articulate and it's to the point. It's very, you're breaking down these stories on Behind the Door, which for those who are not familiar, is basically behind the scenes podcast for the gray rooms. Is that, do you think that'd be the best way to describe it? Sure. I mean, you know, behind, when we say behind the door, it's like, you know, the character of the gray rooms goes through a door into the story. And so, you know, what's behind that door? Let's break that down. And that's really been what I feel like we should be doing. And we've been doing it this season, but we kind of (laughs) have, we've really found ourselves with this show, with this portion of the show, the the breaking down of the episodes, because back in the day, it was just a bunch of self-congratulatory, you know, 
uh, the back padding and like, you did this and that. <laughs> it's very uh, college dormy kind of feeling when you listen to the first one and two seasons of Behind the Door. So yeah, now I'm the host and I get to talk every other week to, you know, these these authors who are helping to make canon what our, our Grey Room's characters go through. And I'm like, hey, how did you write this? What did you do? Uh, what inspired you? What makes you you to make this us? Like, it's a really fun process. And season four, I've just been really, I think, you know, dialed into opening up these stories more. Really d- digging into... It's especially like when you're speaking with just the author. That's one thing I've noticed is, especially with season four, you've really been, except for obviously the narrative one there, but like when you're speaking mm-hmm. with just the author, you're more dialed in on, okay, what makes you tick? Where did this story come from? And that's something that I, as a diehard fan of the Grey Rooms and proud roomie and proud <laughs> patron, by the way, of the Grey Rooms, yes, you love are. so much about Behind the Door because you're really, we're getting into the mind of the people who were involved with this. And that's something that I personally really loved. And I know that, you know, saying like what you were saying earlier about like, it's kind of a, almost like a college dorm type thing with the first couple of, uh, <laughs> of seasons. Take me back to that because, you know, obviously I want to get into how you got involved and everything, but I was such a fan and still am obviously of behind the door. And when you guys started off, kind of in that way where it was just almost like you guys kind of getting together, having a couple of drinks and talking about the episode. Mm-hmm. Where did mm-hmm. the idea for behind the door really stem from? So, I mean, that idea, uh, I would probably attribute to, uh, Brian Black because he was instrumental in getting me, you know, into the podcast on the other side of just being a fan. Um, I mean, I know we can, we can start from the beginning if you want, or I can answer this question real quick and then segue. But um, I basically came in like day three or day four to the podcast creation okay. after, you know, Jason and Brian had, you know, started to, to spin up this this wonderful arc that they were writing out. And uh, it was still before the first episode of the first season had come out. <laughs> Graham, the angel of the gray rooms, he's the one that reached out to me. Graham Rowett from uh, the No Sleep podcast and like every other podcast out there. I always joke. <laughs> if you listen that, like, to an audio they're, drama, they're, he's probably on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I, I joke with him that there, there's actually a list of the podcasts that he hasn't been on yet. And it's just easily foldable and put away in your pocket because it's so short. So <laughs> he's a podcast comes out and you have to make sure, you know, uh, Graham wrote and who is in this now? And then, oh, wait, oh, he's not. Oh, anyways, don't listen to that one. Um, <laughs> so he reached out to me because I had prior previously worked with uh, the No Sleep podcast with their social media, uh, like on the fan side, they used to have, well, they still do have this massive giant fan group uh, on Facebook and I don't know, 16,000 people or something. And I used to help in the very early days when it was just created me and somebody else that uh, used to work with the podcast. And we were there for the early days and I used to make artwork and I'd create fun activities for like these groups of hundreds of interactive people to do. And it was just a fun experience developing because podcasts didn't have any kind of entertainment that way, I think, in the social media sphere. So I was just like, well, shit, I love all this. I'm always on the Internet and social media. Let's let's combine everything. And there was a bunch of people that loved it. So and I got to meet the. You know, the actual people behind the No Sleep podcast, David Cummings and all the rest of the crew that would go on tour each year. 
Um, I would sit and eat, you know, elbow to elbow with David Alt and Brandon Boone. I mean, I have pictures and memories and just tons of stories to share. But, you know, how many hours do we have? So (laughs) back to the gray rooms. Graham is like, hey, you know, I'm helping with this podcast. There's this podcast that hasn't come out yet, but, you know, has some, I guess they're called preseason stories is what we were calling them at the time. And he was wondering, you know, are you still doing the social media stuff with the no sleep? And I said, no, I haven't. I haven't been doing it for a minute. I've been working with this other podcast called Calling Darkness, but that's a completely different show. Um, so uh, Graham was just, you know, poking around like, you know, what, what are you up to? Would you want to maybe, you know, help my friend out? And his friend happened to be Brian. And Brian was like the writer of like the narrative. And he was trying to get social media, you know, plugins everywhere for the gray rooms and the infancy of it all. And, you know, he, he knew how to like use uh, social media personally, but not like through like, I guess the lens of a podcast or, or, or what right. he had not, he hadn't really had experience with podcasts. So he asked or uh, Graham asked me to help him out. And then that's how I became part of the team originally was just through social media. Um, Man, that's a long answer to your question. I can still answer the question about who created behind the doors if you want. <laughs> well, no, that's it. Like, well, I mean, just talking on that, like, I mean, I was going to ask about that anyway. So we'll, we'll go back to behind the door. But so when you came into the picture, it, that's kind of funny. Like, I knew that you were involved from the early days, obviously, because I, I knew that behind the door was always a thing basically from the start. But so yeah. when you came in, literally, it was just you, Jason, Graham, and then Brian, correct? Yes. And then Cassie had helped uh, put some early artwork together. We also had uh, someone else named um, Mediogre. Uh, he had originally done like the very, very, very first artwork ever uh, for us, aside from the logo. The logo we had professionally done. Uh, Jason had that done like almost immediately for himself. So that always existed, uh, the logos themselves, the logo itself. Uh, and then... So back to, so Cassie was a part of it. Uh, she would, she was a friend of Brian and would loosely help uh, get the artwork stuff going uh, so that we could have a presence on social media instead of just words. And also, you know, artwork is important when you see it in your, you know, in your podcast feed, if your app allows for it. I know some don't, but you know, fuck them. <laughs> you, <laughs> artwork is beautiful, man. So anyways, so. So, <laughs> so, so Cassie was loosely a part of it. We were all loosely a part of it. We didn't know what this was, or <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. We just knew that Brian wrote a mean ass story and, and Jason could produce the mean ass story. And then like Graham and I early on, we could do the social media for this mean ass story. Like it just all seemed like we just were like, well, I can help with that. And then they're like, Oh cool. He can, and then he can help with that. Oh yeah. We, she's doing that. And then like, it was all like fun. It was, it was nothing like super serious, but then it was like, Oh, but then deadlines and like, so, I mean, like to go back to like episode one came out. I did that first behind the door for episode one of season one. Uh, and we must've talked for like two and a half hours and like, we didn't know what to talk about. We didn't know what we were doing. We weren't, we we're just like, Hey, if they hear us talk and they talk, we, we talk about making this, then we'll call that behind the door. And then that idea started like two apps back. There was like a behind the door for one of the very first pre apps. And Brian did that. And then over season one, Brian had this really cool idea of like uh, different hosts every episode uh, that could, you know, host the show. And then five or six of us, there'd be like an actor or no, there'd be like two actors, another author. There'd be Jason and JM and me or Brian and JM and Cassie. It was just all everyone just like come in the room and record together, man. And so we didn't know what 
we were doing. And so that was behind the door. I don't, I don't know. I don't personally listen to any of that stuff anymore. <laughs> it's like looking at baby photos. So <laughs> it, it's the growing pains, you know, like as someone who, you know, I appreciated <laughs> so it right away. Well, no, I don't think so. Like I appreciate it right away because <laughs> you can hear the nuts. The number one thing is you can hear how much fun you guys are having and you can yes, hear how passionate you point. are. Yeah. And yes, uh -huh. that is very contagious as a fan. And that stuff like that is what got me to, you know, join the Facebook group and then eventually join the discord and become a patron. It was more that side of you guys. It was the, Hey, yes, we're, you know, all extremely ridiculously talented. Sometimes it, it just angers me and how talented you guys are. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, seriously, like, really? Like, like, you know, and to then know, okay, these are just fun people who you can tell you all enjoy each other's company and chatting. And it's just like, yeah. it makes it, it makes you more relatable, I think. So I think that's, that's something, there's something to be said for that for sure. Yeah. The, the entire gray rooms, like family, like the crew that makes it like, none of us knew what we were doing in the beginning. We all grew close over that. Then like, you know, here and there, someone's life would, you know, life would come in the way and someone would need to take care of stuff. You know, there it wasn't never, there was never any drama between us. That was the beauty of it all was that we could all, you know, stick together and grow through this together. And like, I mean, you know, we rely upon each other in this weird way. I mean, it's like a band, I guess. Like we each play an instrument that overall makes, you know, the, the, the full soundscape that you get, you know, and like not, I was going to say not one of us is more important than the other, but that's silly because like for sure, Jason does the sound of Jason. Like, I don't want to do this podcast anymore. Like, we'd be fucked and we'd be over. <laughs> I mean, if JM, yeah. if JM, you know, if JM was like, I'd rather go perform in New York on the streets, I'd make more money in tips. Like then if JM left, like we'd be fucked. Like Jason can do all his stuff and it's great, but JM, he'd have to do something else. The gray rooms is him and JM for sure. Right. And then Zanky just comes along and it's just like, Oh, let me help you have a story with these uh, toys that you're playing with in the sandbox. <laughs> and, and here we are. It's, we, we all support each other and we all have an integral part and yeah, it's a, it's a family. It's, we haven't met some of us. We haven't met in real like like space yet, for sure. And we all will, and it's going to happen. And that's probably going to make the universe tilt over sideways or something. Who knows? I mean, I would like a ticket for that. You know, that's what I'm saying. I just, whenever that happens, <laughs> can we charge money for that? The wall? <laughs> I think so. I mean, seriously, even if you just get like like the original crew together, you know what I'm saying. Like that would even just be like, holy cow. <laughs> it's just like funny to, I mean, it means a lot to hear that, but it's also like, it's funny because we're all just, we're making something that we love together. And it's still surprising to this day that so many people love it too. And I tell the team all the time, like, Hey, this is just a tree. Uh, that we're, it's bigger than all of us. It's growing huge and we just got to water it. And like, it's giving everyone fruit, but we know it's secrets and like how to make it the best. And so we water it. We're the monks just taking care of the tree. That's the great rooms. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, you know, you guys started off, you know, very much as a tight knit family. And as things have grown, it's like, you can still like, obviously, you know, having had Jason on and have, hearing him talk about all you guys and how important you all are. And as much as with what you're saying with, it's very much like a band. Yeah. 
if you're in a band, well, I mean, in some bands anyway, if you're the vocalist of the band or you're the songwriter, obviously, if you leave the band, that's going to hurt that, you know, that, that there's no denying that. But that being said, if, you know, the bass player or the drummer or the lead guitar player leads leaves, that can really hurt the band. There are some bands that haven't don't recover from stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it's everyone is yeah. such an inaugural, you know, an important part of the structure of what's going on. And I mean, I couldn't picture anyone else, you know, for example, hosting behind the door. I'd be like, who's this person? Where's Brooks? What the hell? <laughs> it's like, I don't want to hear this person. Thank you. I don't care who it is, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that feedback. I don't, yeah, I don't hear feedback. It's not like people on the internet are like, yeah, this is great. How they break the story down and I understand it better. No one, no one says that would be, that'd be cool to hear. So hearing you say that is very impactful. It's like, it's just more, you know, we know that what we're doing is the right thing. And I think it is the fuel that keeps us working so hard is like, hey, you know, it's like a two part process for each of us is like in, in personally, each of us does the part that we do and then we bring it to the to the group. Like, here's my portion. And we're proud of that. So it's a two part process for us where like we're each so excited to bring like each portion to the table, um, like individually. And then each portion goes together to create the podcast that then goes out and like impresses people, I guess. So it's, it's just a very fun, uh, a way that I think that we can connect, continue to push this podcast, you know, in all sincerity and then have fans and followers like you say how much you love us. Yay. Well, that's it. And I mean, like, I, I think for me, as much as like I, I said this to Jason too when he was on, like you know, I I've, I think I've, I'm already repeating myself, but it's just it, it's hard for me <laughs> because like I do truly love the community that you guys have. Like, yes, what brought me to the Gray Rooms was I was a Graham Rowett fanboy and was like, oh, is Graham on this podcast? I'm gonna listen to it, and I come in <laughs> and within the first thirty seconds of the first episode, past once we were into the actual episode. Um, yeah. I'm listening to that damn light bulb and I'm like, what is this? This is like next level sound design. As someone who dabbled a little bit in sound design, I was like, this is next level. And then I come to see that there's, you know, this behind the door. And I'm like, what is this? Like, and I go on the Facebook and see just this wonderful community of you guys interacting. And I'm just like, these are just good people. And they're, they, they seem fun. <laughs> and, and I was way like out of it too. Like, you know, by the time that, I came around, you guys were almost done season three. So I mean, like I had a lot to catch up on and it was so fun to experience the growth of the show and also the growth of behind the door. Cause like you said, you know, the way it started off was, was so different with how it is now in those yeah. early days, take me back because I want to, I want to hear some stories about the early days. So take me back to like when you first started doing the behind the door like you talked you've already talked a little bit about how it kind of started but take me back to some moments from the the first few behind the doors <laughs> oh, and gosh. when you so, like took over as the official kind of host of it <laughs> okay sure so <clears throat> in like season one because uh, it was like the revolving uh, guest host um I would probably make an appearance every few episodes, I guess. And <laughs> this is going to be one of those like, haha, I made it kind of moments. But there had been like chatter or talk that like, 
I talked too much. And so I shouldn't be on the show anymore. <laughs> so I wasn't really, I guess the plan was always to kind of have me on the show because I represented like the fan. I was always like the super fan, the, the social media guru that like just loved the show to death and could like, and I, and I really did. And <laughs> I talked too much, so I I was not in every episode. I wasn't in like four or five episodes because I talked too much. And so anyway, I just I just laugh at that because now I'm the host of the show. I guess I talked too much. <laughs> Let that be a lesson, folks. But, uh, if you just talk a lot, yeah. you'll probably get a podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like everyone should have been like, damn, he talks too much. He's going to have a talk show <laughs> one day. Anyways, this is just all self-congratulatory here. So in the early days, we also did like, I don't know why, but live streaming. So it was, it was live. You could patch in and watch us do it live and it was recorded. So you could, you could physically watch us. Like you just would see our, it was just a bunch of boxes of bobbleheads just moving around talking to you. (laughs) So that, that would be boring in itself, but (laughs) we would have situations like, I remember Augie Peterson uh, was a guest host one time that I was on. And her cat kept attacking her. (laughs) We couldn't stop the show because it was being recorded. Not only it was recorded live, but it was like being broadcasted live for recording. So so there were moments like that. Um, (laughs) At one point, Brian had like... He had gotten everyone before the show started to print copies of Graham's face and then everyone came on wearing his face. So they were like, hi, I'm Graham Rowett. Hi, I'm Graham Rowett. Oh Hello, I'm Graham Rowett. And, so, <laughs> and you can hear that. You can hear all this in the audio. So if you're listening to the podcast, you can hear this in the stream. But I remember that go episode. on YouTube, everybody. You can watch it, too, if you want. And it's even better. <laughs> um, it wasn't, though, until uh, maybe... No, I think it was season two. I'm sorry. I think it was only season one that way. By season two, I believe we went straight to just audio. I'm having a hard time. I'm pretty sure because I <laughs> I remember in times of desperation, I had to host, I think the very first episode that I hosted was like, yeah, it was, ep- it was season two and it was that thank you for calling episode. And Alex, Alex Galagos, I think was the one that, that wrote it. I think I'm saying his name right. I'm so sorry, Alex, if I butchered it. Anyways, I needed to host it. It was like, it was like, there was just an, uh, an emergency happened and I had to host it and I, and it be, I became the host. <laughs> so this was my crowning achievement. Like my first time I like being the host, I had to, I was sitting at my desk and I was doing it over the phone and I was trying to manage it through the discord app. Uh, and try to sound professional and like my, my boss was in the other office and it was just a fun night is all I can say, but like, it's all recorded for (laughs) posterity. So that's fun. (laughs) It's funny to hear that because you are so natural with how you ask questions and how you break things down. And I, I think that comes from just being such a fan. Like I can hear even up to, you know, the most recent episode with invasive, you're like, talking about how like you hear like multiple story arcs and and this and that and this and that and it's almost like sometimes the authors are like <laughs> holy shit like yeah like you got it right on the nose like it's do you think that comes from just being such a fan that you're like I want to ask everything about <laughs> this story that I I've heard 
I mean, yeah, like, uh, I've been listening to podcasts since, like, 2014 or something, and, like, I for sure had a bead on, like, the majority of the new stuff coming out for a couple years, and so, like, I've always been interested in, I guess, just straight storytelling, because podcasts don't involve watching anything, so I was... I love movies and stuff, but I mean, I can tangentially discuss movies, but I'm not like a huge buff. I miss a lot of, anyways, so podcasting has always been my thing and storytelling is the kind of podcasting that I enjoy. And so, man, I, I can be a critiquing asshole with certain podcasts because I'm like, this, this character's written wrong. You're, you're not recording the ambiance correctly. The levels are off. I'm being a total dick when maybe, you know, sometimes you should just listen to the story itself. I don't know. I'm not like this literally. I'm <laughs> being verbose here. But of course, yeah. I definitely have an <laughs> I definitely have an ear for it. And like, especially like I said, like as we're going into season four now, it's like, let's make this part of the show a part of the show. You know, literally. Like not just some throwaway like other thing to listen to or whatever. So I, 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 and Jason and Cassie, like we've all like, we've not determined, but we're like, let's just like nail it down. Like we can talk about lots of different things, but really what's important is the story. Why did you write the story this way? You know, why did this happen? What did you choose? And like, I just remember the beginnings of podcasting and like who really wrote something well, because they understood that they were conveying it to your ears, not to your eyes. Um, so it was easy to break down stories, I guess. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I just, yeah, <laughs> I enjoy when someone puts something together to tell a story, but there's a meaning behind it. And I like to explore what that is about. Right. And not just, oh, you know, you wrote a good story. Let's talk about, you know, oh, I like this one character. Tell me about him for an hour. It's like, no, like you're breaking down. You know, every character involved, you're breaking down the scenery, you're talking to the author about where they grew up and getting into their their backstory of the actual author itself. Like you're really breaking things down to really go behind the story, thus going behind the door. And it's so like, like I said, again, like it's, it's so interesting to hear from a, a fan's perspective of just, you know, like the most recent episode um, that I had heard as, as this is, we're recording this was with invasive and you were asking, I can't remember the, the author's name right now, but it's fantastic, fantastic stuff. I absolutely loved invasive. It's probably one of my new favorite episodes from the gray rooms as someone <laughs> whose family's from the Maritimes. I'm very much love it, but you know, <laughs> yeah. like you were, you got into this really great, it was still in, involved with the story, but you guys got into this great chat about like, he's telling you about like where he grew up and how like he grew up in this like small town and there was like a cemetery next to their house. And I was like, what? Like talking about like going around in a forest and there's like random headstones. And it's just like, it really <laughs> lets you get into the mind of the author. And it's almost like sometimes it's like, oh, that's how they got this way. Okay. Like you almost connect the dots. Well, yeah, it's fun, I think, again, especially this season to really kind of like you can talk about oh, what's your and I'm guilty of doing this. But, you know, what's your favorite podcast? What's your favorite movie? But like maybe just use that as like a lure in so you can get them to expand on something that you can talk to them about, because it is fascinating to fascinating to find out 
you know, why someone wrote something the way that they did. I think like they're every single person carries something within them that they want to tell. And some people have that tool to do that. So I've said it many times, I'm, I'm sad for the people that have the story, but it's just the idea. You got to get past the idea. You have to, okay, great. You got the idea, but go learn how to hone that and turn that into a story. Um, so anyway, so you got that idea. Like we all have that idea. We want to get that out. So when someone does, you know, and writes a story that is compelling and has depth and someone doing something like I, I've joked even in that last episode, you're talking about that last behind the door that in the first seasons we used to do like, um, oh, uh, let's just kill the character right away. Boom, boom. He's dead. And there was nothing greater than other like, how can I expend some gore and, and make this a, a murderous murder? Um, and then you have season four where we're trying, we, we, don't get me wrong, that's still fun to have, but not over and over and over again. That's like what I call the blockbuster story. You got to have those, but you can't keep doing that. That's not fun. So you got to have like the, the serious, the author that like had the slow burn. They plotted through their own narrative because they had something in them. They need to get out. So like Ian A. Bain, that, that, let's just call a, a spade or a spade. We'll name the author uh, from that last episode, Invasive. Um, he seemed to have kind of a bit of, of knowledge of that happening, that idea of like a town and a single economy and whatnot. And we've seen it time and again used in media. And that's, man, that's the crux, I think, of the Grey Rooms is like human not human sadness, but just like the in humans are, are man, <laughs> humans are fucked up. Like, I don't know about aliens and I don't know about what Zuck in season four per se yet. We don't know like what he deals with internally because he's a badass and he's only ever here and now. But like humans are, we, we, we take everything the wrong way and we love all the wrong people. And like humans are fucked up and you know, also trying to fix themselves at the same time. And humans to me are such a weird juxtaposition of trying to figure yourself out. Like humans are trying to put the train tracks out while they're the train driving forward. It's a very hard existence to be a human, you know? So, I mean, I guess that's why fucking Bob is so obsessed with why humans are what they are. But when an author comes along and like they can show that like I'm not doing the blockbuster for you. I'm trying to air out some of my personal laundry here, but don't tell anybody, but go ahead and tell everybody. You know, like it's fun. It's fun to do. It's fun to deal with that. It's fun to talk to people like that, you know? That's what I like. So, anyways. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, like like when I had uh, uh big shouts to Mark Taus, like when I had him on, we talked a little bit about the fact that, you know, as someone who writes horror, it's like, oh, everyone's going to think I'm super messed up. And how he talked about a little bit about how that was a fear of his. Where it was like, oh, I promise I'm not like a, a serial murderer or anything. I just have really <laughs> messed up ideas. And I was, I said to him during the chat, I was like, do you think that's just like, it's almost like you're taking any bit of dark energy in your mind, whether it's from just you had a bad day, <laughs> you had a bad experience, whatever it is. Everyone has at some point that darkness, you know, I was like, do you think that's just like you almost expelling that into a story? And he was like, absolutely. Like it's, it's very much just taking, whether it's things from your past or it's things from, yeah. again, like he was telling me like, oh, he had a really shitty encounter with someone and he wrote a story about 
someone like them being murdered. Uh, you know, it's like, well, he, he was like, I'm not actually wishing they were murdered, but like, you know, uh, well, that's how he processes. Yeah. Mark, Mark Taos is a beast. He's a different yes. caliber of story writer. Like he, he just knows how to just take anything and be like, what but there's some horror behind it. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't even compare, like, he could be the barometer you could compare him to. Like, uh, how scary is this? Or, you know, how involved is this? Or how how unique is this? Oh, it's it's five on the Mark Tau scale. You know, like, Absolutely. you could you could, you could set your horror watch to, to Mark Tau. So we can keep going all night, folks. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, he's, a, he's a great writer. He's fun to talk to because he's like, yeah, look at all my plaques, all the stories I've written, all the fans I have. I'm still not sure about myself. He's such an honest man. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and that he's comes, awesome. <laughs> yes, it there's comes a, through in a his real character and his personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's got to help. Oh, for sure. Like, there's this little bit of, you know, not like he's not sure of himself, but even like now that I have him on Facebook, I'm seeing him, he'll post like, oh, you know, like hit a, hit a wall or whatever. And then like the next day he's like, here's 30 more ideas. And I'm like, just like, yeah, on, every man, time. you got it. Like, just, <laughs> but I, I think yeah. that's just the kind of, like, he's such a, he's such a nice guy and he's so like down to earth and just, you know, there's almost a, a, a sincere to a sincerity to that. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like it's like here here's a story for you. I wrote a story for you. Do, do you like this? Can I can I make it better for you? Like he's not like oh woe is me. I'm a terrible writer. That's not at all what he is. Yeah, he's very much like worried about making sure you're happy with it. You know, like that's fucking amazing. <laughs> Being that you're someone within the horror genre of podcasting and audio dramas and things of that nature. What got you started in the world of horror? Have you always been a lover of all things horror or did it start in early age? Where did that all come from? Yes, but very like weirdly specific and or like standoffish. (laughs) Um, I have memories of like being... Ah, let me think back. Eight, seven, eight, nine, seeing gremlins for the first time and being like, this is scary as fuck. This is also cool as fuck. And like be gravitating to it, not being like, I'm scarred. But like for sure, I was the kid that would sleep with my nose to the wall, with the with the lamp on in the room. Um, but like horror, like critters, man, I loved all the critters movies and like they were written terribly. The first one was cool. The rest were terrible as all, you know, franchises are kind of whatever. <laughs> oh man, I'm just saying shit tonight. Except um, for the gray rooms. Except <laughs> for the gray rooms. Yeah. Um, the original, the original Chucky, like not, not the newer, I, I haven't even bothered. I don't even know. I don't even, I'm sorry. Don't at me, bro. Um, <laughs> like I grew up on like. The average kid being exposed in a decent way in the 80s and 90s to horror, I guess. <laughs> so I loved horror from an early age and and I dug books about horror and but like never anything specific. It was always I guess I've always been like, let me let me enjoy the little man kind of thing. Like, yeah, I never I didn't read Stephen King when I was little. Maybe Christine. I don't know. I, I, that, to me, that's a psychological horror. Uh, I read books like that a lot. But I don't know, like movies and stuff. It, like I said, it was always just like topical horror stuff. I wasn't like deep. I mean, you can name a movie from the 80s. And like if it was like between A and B list, I probably saw it. Um, but horror, 
Man, horror to me represents a way to like get your message out to people. It's like a filter or a lens and any message that you have. And that's been indicative of horror throughout the decades. Oh man, uh, George A. Romero. That'll be, I won't tell you a favorite movie. I'll just say a favorite franchise is I love, you know, from living dead to uh, any of the blah, blah, blahs of the dead movies. Um, whether they were shit or not, I don't give a shit. <laughs> it was all, they, they were all awesome to me. Zombies are fucking awesome. That's my favorite genre of anything is zombies is the impact against society and people getting fucked up and all that stuff. But we can talk about that a different time or whatever. Um, <laughs> horror to me is us being like, Hey, I got this thing I need to say, get off my chest. And if I just wrote like two people just hanging out and talking, you wouldn't listen or you wouldn't read or you wouldn't watch. So let me put some horror to it. Like that's the kind of horror shit that I love. It's almost like the, and I mean, I, I think we're, we're kind of in the same vein as that, even though I started way later in life with horror, where it's like, it's more of like, it's not just, oh, there's a killer on the loose. It's like, no, like, let's really think about what this is and the impact it has on the world. And okay, yes, yes. there's a, a creature. Like, I think for me, like, I, I think one thing I can, I can say just from listening to you say that is, it's like, yes, there's a, a creature on the loose and it's killing people, but it's what are the other people doing? It's like, there's also this guy who's going around and is like, you know, it's almost like the whole, like all monsters are humans type thing. Right. Like, is that, that kind of what you're getting yeah. at? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will watch Godzilla. I will watch any decades version of Godzilla. I love, I don't love movies that are just jump scares, but I do love movies that have jump scares, but like for sure when it's humans, against humans or it's the insidious like man psychological horror where you just you watch the movie it sits with you and you kind of look over at your partner like oh fuck is she gonna kill me tonight <laughs> that's that's the kind of movie i like to watch like you just it gets into your brain because it's more believable it's something that could it's more speculative that's it's like speculative fiction to me makes the best horror and that's why as soon as i heard about no sleep podcast like in the beginning days Oh, maybe 2000, not them, but for me listening was maybe 2015. So I don't know. I came at like season six or something like that. Um, that speculative horror of what could really happen to you. That's, that's my jam right there. It's like being afraid of things that like, you know, oh, like the, and I think that's something that I, I can definitely relate to as well. It's like, like I've always been someone who, who I, will be scared of really silly things. Like I'll think about, Oh, what if this happens? And it's like, that would never happen. But what if it did? <laughs> like that, That's kind of sort of what has always scared me. It's the unknown. It's, it's yes. As much as like, you know, I'm sitting here right now and I'm looking at my, the door into this room. And if all of a sudden the door opened and there's some creature standing there, obviously I'm going to be freaking terrified, but it's like, for me, it's almost oh, like, see, I the, would love it. More, oh, yeah. I would love that. No. Shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> If I'm I mean, chilling you're kidding here, me, like right now, here's some keys. <laughs> you do go. You would be. You would, would seriously. If if you right now we're we're interviewing and you're like, oh, uh, hold on, I gotta go into the door for some reason, and you open the door and some like upside down uh, rabbit with like eight legs that has like tentacles coming out of it, like you would run scared <laughs> from that. Absolutely, I would. <laughs> what is, what is, <laughs> 
I would shake its tentacle. I'd be like, hello, welcome to the human hello. race. Uh, That's, I would be the We're going to do it behind the door, bro. That shit would be cool. Go get your camera, man. <laughs> what? Uh, no, I'd be gone, you know. But like, my, I'm, I'm like, so I'm the guy who, in a, you know, in the whole, like the horror movie, the classic thing of like the one person's like, oh, what's that noise? I'm going to go investigate. Like, that's my dumbass. Yeah. But like, and then they see uh, the thing yeah. and they're like, what a thing to have happened. Like, that's, that's totally me, <laughs> but I'd be scared the whole time. <laughs> you, you help the plot along is what you do. <laughs> yes. That's, I'm the guy who dies to help the plot along for sure. That's my role in horror. That's awesome. <laughs> no, no, no. So when, when the, zo- when the zombies come, we have to trip you and then you'll help oh, stop the zombies you, as you we run away. Me. I'll just fall. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> excellent uh, all right cool 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 <laughs> that's fantastic yeah horror <laughs> horror is fun horror is a lot of fun <laughs> there's nothing quite like and and that's something for me like you know like when you mentioned how like when you were younger you'd be you know sometimes like you said like sleeping with the lamp on your your nose to the wall like would you say in a lot of ways you still just really love to be scared Yo, hmm. wow! I went through eight emotions just now. Um, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to be scared because I'm me. I don't know. Like I'm not. So like, yeah. Like my girlfriend is easily scared and startled all the time, and it's it's easy. It, I don't say easy to scare because I don't. I'm not that kind of guy. I don't like to go scare her. But like I come around the corner all the time. In, in, you know where we live and. Ah! She has a different expression every time. I always, I don't know. I'm like, hello, I'm just bringing you coffee and you act like I'm trying to murder you. What's going on here? So, so I'm not easily scared. Like I will watch anything. Uh, lights on, lights off outside. I don't care. Um, in, in, in camping situations, like they're like, oh, you got to go pee in that Creek over there in the dark. We're out of batteries, no flashlights. Okay. Like the moon will help me and like nothing scares me. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. So that's why I said, like, if the door opens and you got your little upside down rabbit with the tentacles and shit, I don't know. I'd be like, this is fucking weird. And then I'd go grab my camera. I'd try to talk to it be like, what are you doing here? I wouldn't instantly think run. It's going to kill me and eat me. Like, even though we're so used to the media in real life, I'm just not afraid of shit. So I don't know. I don't know. Why do I work for a horror podcast? I have no idea. (laughs) See, I, I think that it's it's funny for me, and, and I knew this conversation would break down into this because I, I just I know that that, that was going to happen. <laughs> for me, I think it's funny because I am so scared of so much, and I say this all the time. I am someone who I describe myself as having a very hyperactive imagination, and f- for so do 30, I. So do I. <laughs> yes. So for the last thirty years of my life, it has been my absolute worst enemy. Because I will like I'm not, okay, so I'm currently looking at my door, and there's you no know, the doors open just to, just enough that I can see like the wall out in the hall here, and it's like, what if? <laughs> like, and I could sit here and think of thirty <laughs> things I could see through that crack and be like, that would make me punch a hole through this wall and like you know get the hell out of here or I throw a but, cat at it at least. But you why know? be like, just <laughs> why be scared? Why be scared of any of those? Like feel all of those and like go explore that shit. Like what nah. what would it be that is 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 getting your you know it's triggering you. What is getting your goat? What are you what are you afraid of? Anything I can possibly think of. And but you know what is the most terrifying thing? Is if it was some <laughs> yeah. random person. 
You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like to yeah, me, yeah. that's just, I'm like, okay, if it's like some weird looking monster thing, it's like, okay, that thing's probably gonna, gonna eat me. But it's like, if it's just some random person, it's like, well, what, what are you doing in my apartment? Like that to me, that would almost be worse. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's okay. again, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the way of things, the way I think of it is like, and that's why I think I love stories. And that's why there's so much of the green room stories that I love because at the end of it, it's like the real monster, the real evil person is our humans. You know, it's like, it's kind of like putting a, putting a mirror up to society. And it's like, to me, I guess it's like, because I, I think in my regular life, I'm, I try to be so optimistic and I'm like, no, everyone's good. Everyone's kind hearted, <laughs> you know? And then I get screamed at in a Tim Hortons parking lot. Cause I bought someone's coffee for them. It's like, Oh shit. Okay. Like, you know, it's yeah. then it's like, that's their thing, not yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And I, I still, you know, plug in the old optimistic optimism and I'm like, no, everyone's good. But then it's yes. like <laughs> when there's a story like that, I really find that that's what I really gravitate towards. And then also supernatural, of course, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying that like, if I, okay, that stupid upside down rabbit again, doesn't scare me. But if I open the door right now and you know, like three guys, you know, looking at me all funny, like they're about to take my wallet like that would be scary. Like, oh crap, Absolutely. I'm getting robbed. Oh crap! Like that's that's just normal, regular. That's not even speculative fiction. That's not even horror. That's that just happens in the city. Shit. And so, I mean, that would scare me, you know, or like something happening to my kids. Like that's a natural, of course, parent yeah, fear. real, yeah, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm not like, oh, that doesn't scare me. We all get to come back to life again. Like, I have real. I'll fears, just respawn, bro. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Those people are scary. Those are the scariest people. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> the invincible weirdos that are like, ah. Anyways, so yeah, um, I'm scared of the real shit. But like when it comes to story, I guess I guess I just have somehow inside myself, I've just reconciled that like, like personally, I do not, hmm, this is going to piss off people or make people happy. <laughs> just like regular life uh, I don't believe in ghosts And I do believe in okay. I, How about I do believe in like spirituality I don't believe in religion But I do believe in spirituality You know I have my own thoughts on like Where you go when you die What happens when you die But like a ghost Coming and like Appearing in your room And a face floating and all that That's all that's a lot different to me than just like a cup moving because of an energy somewhere. That's different. Mm -hmm. But a ghost appearing and standing up the stairs and holding the rail and then disappearing. I personally don't believe in that. And, and that's just my belief, you know. So, <laughs> so once you don't believe in that, then you're immune. You know, you just have plot armor and you can go through life and not be afraid of shit. Because I'll go... To this day, I will go into any haunted house. You tell me how haunted it is, and I will just go in there and be like, please, haunt me. Do it. Get me scared. Brother. And then nothing happens. <laughs> we have billions of, of videos going every day, terabytes of information uploading to the, to the internet, and no one has actual conclusive data of ghosts. So, I don't know. <laughs> you, are, you are absolutely right on that, and I used to be exactly <laughs> the way you are. Until I experienced some shit I couldn't explain at an old job. And I have hours <laughs> of stories about that. But 
so you're saying right now, if, if you're sitting there and all of a sudden the cuff move, you wouldn't be like, what? You'd be like, there's a perfectly logical explanation for that. <laughs> well, no, not necessarily. I mean, how does science explain that? You're right, because I'm right. sitting here talking to you in a microphone. And if my cup just slid towards me, like a ghost was like, here, drink this. You know, I'm not going to. I got to go. I'm not going to be like, yeah, well, no, no, no. I'm just saying I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Science explains that shit. I'm not worried. You know, that doesn't make sense. Neil deGrasse Tyson isn't going to come in here. The ghost that lives. Yeah. The ghost that lives in this room wanted me to have a drink. Whatever, you know. Exactly. I would be convinced and I would say, okay, I believe you now. But also, I still wouldn't be scared. I'd be like, tell me more. How did you slide that glass to me? Who are you? I would totally go behind the doors with him. I would <laughs> be like, why that. are you here? What makes you a ghost? <laughs> what is a ghost? <laughs> what is a ghost? When you Hi, are I'm a Brooks ghost, Bigley what? and we're here with the ghost. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the author of his own immortality. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. So yeah, you're so, a ghost. So, How's that working out for you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, tell me more. What podcast have you been on? <laughs> so, any, anyways, I'm just not, I'm not scared of that shit. And, and I don't mean that in a weird, like, I'm better than most people. Like, No, no, absolutely. just me personally. Yeah, yeah. Take me with you on a ghost hunt. I won't be. I'll hold the. I don't know what to do. Device EVP. I'll hold. <laughs> shit, yeah. I probably said that wrong. I will hold the devices for you. I will go. I'll be that guy that lays, you know, on the bed in the sanitarium, uh, and then you can film me. I'll be that dude for your for your foot for your footage. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. It will sound weird to me while I'm in there. I'll probably be cold. You know, like I'll be a little freaked out. Just like, will this building collapse on me? I don't know, but I'll be okay. <laughs> see, like, nah, see, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the complete opposite. I ain't going anywhere near that effing sanitarium. Get me out of here. No way. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know if it's, you know, I, I, I grew up in a small town, like very sheltered. So like, I don't know if that's something to do with it. Cause you, you did you, did you, you're, so you're, you're in California, right? Yes. I'm in, I'm in okay. California. I was born, uh, in San Francisco. Um, so I'm a city boy, but you know, I mean, I moved, I moved out of there in my late teens. So it's funny to have, you know, been, I'm almost, I'm 39. So to be like, yeah, I'm from the city doesn't really work. Cause I haven't been there since I was a teenager, but anyways, it's my core. It's where I grew up. So yeah, I didn't get exposure, man. You, some of, some of the authors talk about these fun experiences living out in the wilderness and like being exposed to that stuff. I'm just like, this is great. I love your story. I, I've never been able to live that. Sure. And I, I, in my experience, when I, when I speak with people and this is just completely, we're just going off on this ghost thing here now. Cause I'm just curious. Like for me, <laughs> anytime I, I've spoken with someone who is, you know, not necessarily a believer in those kinds of things. I found that they have a similar, their story is very similar to yours. I don't know. I don't know if that's something to do with it. I don't know if like small town life has something to do with maybe it's like, <laughs> you know, not that. That's I the beauty of ghost that, stories. Yes. You, you know, but you have exposure to the real stuff. Like nobody has classic stories of ghosts in the city other than like, you know, maybe some like old New Orleans stories or. I don't know. I'm sure New York has its stories. Anyways, the best scary stories come about from like that, like quiet rural, 
you know, area of like town folk that are sitting on a secret and, you know, and there's like some generational thing happening. Like this is the crux of all scary American horror stories. No one other than like Candyman, like nobody is like glorifying like city horror, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> so, hey, we found a new genre is city horror. <laughs> city horror. Well, that's something too that that's so fun is like, when it comes to the horror genre itself, there's so many subgenres in horror. It's almost like metal music. I equate horror a lot to metal music, and because I am such a fan of metal, and this podcast, for the most, for a lot of it, is a music podcast. But like for me, because I'm such a fan of horror and of metal, you know, I tend to people say, "Oh, well, horror, it's so." Oh, it's so violent. Like, oh, why does everyone have to die and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, <laughs> I hear the same things about metal music a lot. It's like, why is he screaming at me? It's like, there's so much more to it than just what you see on the surface. And that's what, what really grew me into such a fan of horror was, to be honest, it was actually the gray rooms really that actually got me to really be like, there's more to it than just, bah, Here's a jump scare. Like you're scared. Ha ha. Screw you. It's mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. the characters and you know, it's the, uh, the ambiance that's happening around the story and these little characters and little things that, that you pick up on. That's like, you know, there's more to it than just, Oh, I'm scared and you need to be scared too. And ha ha. Like th- there's more to it than that. You know? Yeah. The gray rooms is again for, Season three and season four, especially, you know, we're we're picking stories that delve a little deeper into like, why does the death happen instead of just boom, the death happens, you know, and like, oh, man, Zanke, Michael Zanke, we love you, man. The way that he writes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he. He largely, I mean, we call it the frame story. It's the frame narrative. It's the frame, whatever the hell. It's the frame. Like, without his, like, fingers uh, in the pie. No, that's the wrong, that's the wrong metaphor. Anyways, he's helping us create the gray rooms. And he is basically the gray rooms now because of his writings. But he has definitely set the tone of why our characters are doing what they're doing. Because otherwise it would just be just any other anthology horror story. Hey, authors, give us your story and we'll make a, a you know a podcast episode out of it. He Zanke is driving why these stories exist. Because the stories are important. You know, and just to the podcast itself, they're great self-enclosed stories. And, you know, maybe maybe I came in a little hot just 30 seconds ago, but, you know, the, the stories, of course, make up the show. And we would still be a show if we just had those stories. Of course. But having yeah, of course. this narrative. Yeah, having having the narrative is like, oh, your story folds open into four more parts. This is great. You know, because there's a reason why. And it just, it, again... It uniquely expands this fun podcast world, this fun podcast community. It's just something I think personally that, you know, other podcasts, man, how do you say it positively? We offer a fun experience that is very singularly unique. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, well, we that, are we. That's, that's all that we are. I'll, I'll yeah, and I'll, I'll be happy to say, and I've said this a, a billion times before. To me, what separates the Grey Rooms from a lot of other horror narration podcasts and YouTubers and stuff like that is like, and it, and it's not a bad thing. It's just you guys. There is this overall narrative happening with the Grey Rooms, and it's like that's really what you can listen to the first. Not that you should, but even if you listen to the first, you know, 10 minutes or so of the podcast, you're getting this fantastic story every single episode that's just slow burning and building and building and building. And it's like, oh, this is fantastic. But then you also get that, I I guess, almost like not instant gratification, but it's like, I guess in a way it is where you get that instant gratification at the end of the episode of, you know, that the story you're listening to during the episode is being wrapped up in this nice little bow or covered in blood, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever the story is. Um, sure. It's almost like you're getting the best of both worlds. Yeah. It's a, it's a great way to keep you going to the next episode. Cause exactly. If it was just an anthology, you would be like, Oh, I listened to episode four and I got busy. Oh, look, they're on episode eight now. Okay, cool. I just started episode eight. But, you know, with this narrative story that puts it all together and it gives you a reason like I just last listened to episode four. They're on eight now. I got to go back to five because I don't know what's going on. And that's important. That's important, I think, to fans to have something to follow um, other than just an anthology because it offers, again, so much more a bigger experience to listen to uh, for what they enjoy. For sure. And then, you know, you experience these these all new characters and you get invested. I mean, we've been invested in characters like Bob and the Warden now for four seasons. And it's like, you know, <laughs> I, I would I would fight for Bob or the Warden, mainly Bob. I mean, come on, you know, I'm I'm team Bob all the way here. <laughs> Bob but, Squad. Um, Everybody loves him. Yeah. Bob yeah. Squad. Yes, Bob Squad. Hashtag Bob Squad. <laughs> but like, you know, and you don't get that when it's just a, hey, guys, here's a, a new episode. And that's, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of horror anthology podcasts I love. Do not get me wrong. But that's, it's just like there's a little more meat on the bone when it comes to, w- with what you guys do with the gray rooms. It's just a little bit more yeah. to it. You know, there's a little bit more to sink your teeth into. Well, and we also, we will pay homage i guess verbally i mean i will i will speak on behalf of jason that no sleep podcast was one of his inspirations of course you know and yeah and david cummings is like people jokingly call him the pod father just in the horror community yeah in the horror community just because he he he's such an outstanding human being outside of the podcast. He's really good about what he believes in and presenting, you know, through the podcast what he is uh I don't know, like what he supports, like what he's like, hey, this is this is real life and we have all these kind of authors, we have all these kind of actors and he's he's done such a good job of saying that this is welcome for everybody. This is a community for anybody. And the gray rooms, for sure, we feel like we're like a little brother that, or a little cousin, or however, you, the, the little, we look up to the No Sleep Podcast because we we believe in, you know, equality for all and like just bringing what exists and what exists is the story and making it the best. And like, I don't know, I just, if, if No Sleep set the barometer, you know, we joked about Mark Taos, but if No Sleep set the barometer, we would never be like, oh, look, we're trying to get higher than them. But we definitely will say, hey, we are trying to measure 
ourselves to them, you know, in terms of what we can offer, because they set that barometer of, of, of quality between content of writing and, and sound and all that fun stuff. It's basically like, you know, I mean, when Jason was on, you know, he, he made no qualms of saying, you know, basically without the No Sleep podcast, I would never have gotten into this. And, you know, they are so <laughs> important with, you talk to basically any horror fan who is into audio drama podcasts, specifically horror audio drama podcasts, obviously, they're going to mention the No Sleep podcast. Like, and there's a reason for that because yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's almost like, like the way I see it, it's like, they're the ones that kind of, you know, m- maybe did they help build the old bridge a little bit, you know? Well, yeah. And I can, I mean, I can tell you some personal stories, you know, about David Cummings. I mean, well, you know, in a nice way, <laughs> that sounds terrible, but like, I mean, he, he started out being on Reddit with, you know, the original, I guess it's the no sleep Reddit where authors would, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yes, and it originated on on Reddit, where the original authors would all write stories of like, it was not, I guess, a competition is the uh, is a is a loose word, but they were they were trying to just continue to each improve each other and write better stories. It was almost like I guess they were sharing, but also fans could come along and read them and upvote them and whatnot, and so that just kind of helps to pick the better stories. Anyways, so David Cummings came from that and was like, well, let's turn this into a podcast. Let's read this kind of stuff. Let's, let's make this something that, um, you know, we can have people listen to instead of just reading and they can have, you know, maybe some kind of music or something to guide their, 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 their earballs along as they listened instead of their eyeballs. And so he was very instrumental in getting the no sleep started with somebody else. And then right away, I don't know what happened, but he became the solo person in charge and right away started finding authors on, or excuse me, um, uh, actors online that could join him uh, to turn these stories, you know, into something that he could produce. And so like that set the tone, I think, for horror podcasts, because that was, that was like a decade ago or something like that. Um, so so he, he, he definitely got the ball rolling, but then he also like, because he was the host of the show. So he was like our very first podcast crypt keeper, basically, you know, and he would introduce each episode and like, tell us a little bit of what was going on. And then he would talk about this community, but like, whoa, a community, like a podcast, like that's interesting. And, and he was right. Like there was other podcasts and he would say, listen to these people and they're writing these stories and they're doing these things. And so he definitely, even so much as invented the horror community, I think, uh, of podcasting almost. And so he's definitely the goddamn <laughs> horror pod father. You know, if anybody's, you know, ever in the future, if aliens are listening, like, oh yeah, where did all this start from? Well, you know, David Cummings is very instrumental. <laughs> Yeah, if they come to us and say, you know, take us to the Podfather, I mean, you know, we're going to take them to David Cummings. Let's be serious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so he he for sure set the stage. And then, I mean, Jason, like like all of us, we all, I mean, Graham came from the No Sleep podcast. Like, I listened to them. I used to help them with their online community. Like, uh, Jason was a huge fan. Like, we've all come from, like, listening to the No Sleep podcast. So, it's just kind of like... Oh, are we as good as them? Well, you know, we're not trying to be better than them, but are we as good as them? You know, it's a it's a way to measure up to what we're doing here. 
Right. And and it's, you know, it's not like a disrespectful thing where it's like, oh, are we better than them? It's like, you guys are such fans that it's like, you're, you're just like, hey, like, again, the barometer, where are we in comparison? Like, are we on the right path, you know, to, to make this? Because at the end of the day, you're creating a podcast for people's entertainment and for them to consume. And, you know, it, it, you have to kind of think of it like a bit of a business, right? That, that, that's how I always view creative endeavors. If that's the route you're going down, of course, there are some people who just do creative endeavors for the sake of, <laughs> of doing it. And that's obviously extremely important. But when you're oh, sure. doing it on the level that you guys are, it's like, I, I don't think I'm out of turn saying this, but it's like, you guys think of it kind of as a business as much as it is a passion project. And you can hear that and feel that in speaking with you guys. But when you look at it as a business, it's like, okay, let's look at what our peers are doing and where are they and what are they doing and how do we stack up to that? Well, I, I told you we we made a tree out of this, and it's true because we pay our authors, we pay our actors. Like, again, we're trying to be like the No See Podcast. We're trying to be like, there are other horror podcasts. There's, you know, Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. There's um, uh, The Wicked Library. There's, you know, several other anthologies where they have you know, a wheelhouse of authors that, that write really good, compelling content. And we like to pay our actors and our authors. And we're, we're, we're trying to like be the podcast that like, you know, pays competitive rates, I guess. Like we're, we're up and coming and we're trying to make this something that can, like I said, it's a tree. It's not about like, you know, what can we do to make a couple dollars on the side? It's about what can we do to continue this tree growing because it's bigger than us. Yeah. And so, you know, having that model of paying the actors and the authors, um, I think bodes very well because we can also attract, you know, talent that again, it just, it all feeds back into itself. Like we want the best of the best authors writing for us. We want, you know, newcomers who are confident in their writings, uh, to approach us because we're also going to do, you know, turn their, their stories into scripts. Like we just, we just want to kind of be like this, like we scoop you up and bring you up. And then our scoop comes back down to scoop up the next person. Like we want to help with that. And we're not a big giant yet. We're not like the no sleep podcast yet. You know what I mean? Like, but we're trying to make something self-sufficient that's bigger than us. So that, you know, I joked earlier about, you know, that the podcast would fall apart, but maybe 10 years from now, JM can like retire because he's got like four other dudes and dudettes and everyone in between and not, you know, helping to make music for him for the gray rooms productions, because let's face it, like we're going to grow and we're going to want to do many other things too, you know, in the pipeline. So like all of this is a very important endeavor, I think. And, you know, you say like, like a business and maybe people can pivot the wrong way and be like, they're just, they're just trying to make money. Like, no, we're trying to grow this tree. Like you're helping to do that. Like when on our, you know, our Patreon, when our patrons, uh, you know, whatever the hell they're paying, you know, we have a dollar tier that gives you ad free access. Like anything that you can pay to, to, to get anything out of us is viable because that, that money goes into the coffers to pay the actors, to pay the authors. Good God. We have all kinds of other fees too, to pay, to run this podcast. And yeah, it's fun when, one or two or three or five people can create a podcast like we did in season one. And we weren't like, Hey, you know, everyone pay us. 
you know, but now we've created this giant thing and we were like, oh, fuck, like <laughs> we, hey, everyone come help us. This thing is too big for us to hold yes, by ourselves. Absolutely. Come help us, come help us keep it up. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. No, that's like as someone who's been in the podcast game for almost six years, it's like I can say for sure that there, there can you can get to a point where it's like, well, OK, if I want to keep growing this tree, I need support that that's just you get to a point where there's a reality where that has to happen as much as and it's not so that you can go and spend that money on donuts and coffee for everybody. It's like, no, we're going to. Hey, we're using your story. Here's some payment for your story. And listen, as someone who you know, has been paid for their work before. There is no more justifiable feeling than going like, whoa, you want to pay me to use something I created? Like that is such a, a, it's a, it's a different feeling, but it's like, really? Like it, it gives you so much confidence and such a wonderful feeling. And like, you know, when I heard that, cause that was something I heard very early on about the gray rooms. And that's something that is so, it's so wonderful, you know, to, to be able to, and the actors too, who are bringing, you know, bringing light to this, you know, it's, it's such a, it's just such a really cool thing that you guys do that. And that it's, it's so important to you. And I know, you know, Jason has, has said the same thing before too. Yeah, it's all, it's all about community and like, you know, we, anyone has probably discussed this, you know, with me or me with you, like we just, in terms of the community, maybe someone will open their eyes and say, oh, I've got this idea and I haven't been able to really flesh it out, but I've got, you know, they might have a motivation. I love this Grey Rooms podcast, so let me finish this one story and I'll give it to them and see what happens. Like, we're not, we're not saying like no left and right to anything. Like we, if you write a good story, like that comes authentically from you, you know, and you're confident in that and that that could make into a good story that we could produce, then we're going to do that. You know, we're not going to, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we just, I feel like hopefully we've at least opened that channel that people can see that like, Hey, you know, between us having submissions open and, and, and trying to work with new up and comers along with like established people. So everyone can rub shoulders. Like also just like me talking to the authors. Like, I'm just like, Hey, if you can write fucking write, God damn it. Like save yourself and write. It's, it's so important in this world to get your ideas out there. There's so many people with ideas, but you got to hone that shit. So, you know, just throwing us an idea, that doesn't really work. Like we, we want, we want to produce your story, not like a story, an idea you give us that we make a story out of. You know, we have Zanky, and he 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 writes our stories for us. <laughs> so yeah, so just inspiring anybody that wants to hone their craft and their tool and 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 push that idea out. You know, as something written and, you know, once you write that and we produce it, wouldn't you write and put it on the internet? Shit. It's, it's canon to, to humanity, right? Like if you or I put anything on the internet, it is public forever. Like even if you go and delete that shit, it's still on a server somewhere. Oh, it'll still Someone be somewhere. It. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. So you've become canon, you know, of humanity by doing that. So it's so important for authors, I think, to be like, I wrote this shit. And then put it out there and be proud of it. It's it's very important. There's been a theme, especially the last couple of years, I, I always talk about here on the show. It's regardless of what it is, if there's something you want to do and you're maybe scared to do it for whatever reason, sometimes you may need a little push. 
let this be the push. If you're listening to this right now and you're, you know, I really want to try my hand at writing a story. Or I really want to yep. try and be a voice actor. Like just, just yep. go for it. You got to start somewhere and just, just go for yes. it because there's great people out there like the gray rooms community. And we're, we're going to, we're going to get to the, the discord in that in a second. Cause we have to talk about that before we go. But oh, for so sure. Many for wonderful sure. people who are willing to not just be like, oh man, you're so awesome. But it's also like, hey, you've got something great here, but can I give you some suggestions? Which is way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more beneficial than just, oh my God, you're amazing. Like, I mean, if you're just great out of the bat, then okay, awesome. But, you know, as someone who <laughs> has had some wonderful conversations about writing with people like our good friend, Arthur Unk, you know, uh, it's mm-hmm. like you can learn so much by, you know, if someone breaking down something, you know what I mean? Like th- there's so much value in that and so much value in just taking that chance. I'm going to send a story to the gray rooms and yep. whether yep. it's 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 used or not, maybe it's not a right fit for the season. Maybe it's not a right fit for the gray rooms, but it's like you did it and you got it out there. And that is so important. It's just taking that first step. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me, let me add to that. Like, it's very important. And I've only learned this, like, you know, within the year, year and a half, last year and a half or so, like I've gone through personal stuff, you know, in the last year and a half. And I've, what I've learned is like, don't be a going to person. Like, don't say I'm going to write this. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write you all 5,000. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what you did. And, and I only mean like for yourself, don't be the going to person to your own inner person. Don't say I'm going to clean this house one day. I'm going to do this to make myself better. Say that you are doing it. I am doing this thing because then you're changing the narrative about what you are doing instead of what you think you'll do, because what you think you'll do is never what you'll per se do, or you can be stuck in what you think you'll do is always tomorrow. I mean, there's always free beer tomorrow. We have plenty of signs like that in bars, right? Free beer tomorrow. It's always, oh, I'm here for the free beer. No, man, the free beer is tomorrow. And the sign always says it's free beer tomorrow. So you never get that free fucking beer. <laughs> don't be, <laughs> don't be the going to person. Don't be the free beer person. Like, Today, do that shit. I want to do something in the garden. Fuck you. Go go in the garden and do it. Like, I want to write. No, you don't want to write anything. You're going. See, it's even programmed to me. Don't say you're going. I am writing. I am writing this thing. Sit down tonight. Write the thing. Don't do anything else. You know, do do the thing now. Multitasking is a myth. It's not real. You can't do that shit. You got to do one thing at a time. You, you, you want to take care of something? Do it now. <laughs> Make it a priority or put it in order where you do that thing and then the other thing. Now do this thing right now. Don't say I'm going to do it, right? Don't live that way. It's so easy to keep pushing the deadline back. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You've been, you've been going to do it for five years. Fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking do it, bro. Let's <laughs> fucking do it. Just That's do it. Cool. Man, that was like, that was exactly. like, uh, that damn uh, Shia Booth video from like, what, 10 years ago? Exactly. He was like, Just do it. Exactly. Motivational speaker of Brooks Brickley, yes. man. I feel like I could take all the world now. <laughs> <laughs> you only ever have today. I mean, it's so, it's so simple to me that like, 
Like whatever you're doing, anyone listening now, right? You and I recorded this in the moment that you and I are in. That's our experience. But the listener listening now is on a bus or at home or, you know, in infinite places. And that's their experience, but they're hearing our words. And it's like, <laughs> what can you say? Do it now. That's all that is important, right? That's all that you have is today. Tomorrow only happens based on what you do today. So do it now. Uh, what you did yesterday is technically irrelevant because today you can do it now. Like it doesn't matter tomorrow or yesterday. You only ever have today. And that's all I got to say. <laughs> Damn right, man. Well, I think that is a a wonderful way to kind of end off this chat. But before we go, I have two more things I have to ask you about, one of which is the wonderful Discord. Talk about the wonderful Discord that the Grey Rooms has real quick. Oh, man. I mean, if you want to talk to all of us, if you want to interact and see Jason edit shit, uh, if you want to watch movies, like uh, there's a lot of streaming stuff that's happening, like... Uh, there's new things opening up because we have new tiers, you know, through our, through our, uh, Patreon. Um, I don't know what you call it, Patreon system. Anyways, if you, if you subscribe to our Patreon and become a patron, you get certain benefits on our discord. But in general, even if you have none of that, uh, discord is a place for you to be you and for you to talk to anybody and interact with the authors. You know, sometimes the actors come through. It's just a chance to... I don't know, see whatever the hell you want to see and, and do whatever, say whatever you need to say. Just come and be you. That's all <laughs> that, that it is. And, and sometimes there's even horror involved. I mean, come on, we're a horror podcast. But there's a lot of, you know, just, I mean, for God's sakes, one, one of the funniest, dumbest inside jokes that I think we have in the whole Graham's community is the damn honk. <laughs> I I cannot even explain how any of that came to existence because the community is so beautiful. And I've even said it before that like, you don't even need to police this community. Everyone is so like tightly knit and everything yes. is so fun and jovial every day. Everyone is checking in on everybody every single day. You know, like everybody is like aware of what is happening. Like there's a very big core of people that interact and even people like come and go every few days. Like it's all accepted. It's like this big lobby of just, hey, come and hang out with us and, and share mm -hmm. whatever the fuck you want on your journey and just sit down and throw your shit down and we'll all hang out and talk. It's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And the authors are there. I mean, it's it's there's so much shit going on. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a wonderful thing sometimes when, you know, I'll, I'll like I want to check it all day just because like I'll, I'll be busy or whatever on the road a lot. And then I'll like sit down this night and just scroll through everything. You know, and, and it's just like, oh my gosh, like sometimes nothing makes me happier than just seeing the just, you know, just this, this, the silliness and, but also the, just the wonderful candid conversation. It's like, oh, like, how are you? Like everyone's so sincere and, it, and it's such a wonderful community. And if you're listening to this right now and you have discord, you need to be on the gray rooms discord. And if you don't have discord, download discord and join the gray rooms community. And I will see you there in Azel Brooks. Oh, yeah, we will all see you there. <laughs> but beware, you need to bring the proper key if you want a nice room. Yeah, you need your key. Don't come without your key or else the warden will give you a key and <laughs> you don't want a key from the warden. <laughs> That's the wrong kind of key. Yeah, you're in deep doo-doo if you accept one of those keys. <laughs> well, man, one last question I, I have to ask. I'm going to put you on the spot a bit here. Out of all of the episodes that you have heard from the grooms as the great room super fan, so to speak, 
Do you have a favorite episode of the Grey Rooms? Yes. Uh, I would say that my favorite is White Light Heaven. Nice. That's all I got to say. Okay. <laughs> we could probably spend an hour yeah. just breaking that down, but that's okay. I would. Yeah. I didn't see that one That's coming, why that's, that's all I got to say. That's a wonderful episode. That's a wonderful episode. Yes, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's a very touching episode. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. For sure, man. Well, Brooks, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to chat with you, dude. Where can the good people find you if they would like to give you a follow on the social medias? Oh, man. So you can find me uh, on Twitter. Uh, I am at Brooks underscore Bigly. But like, I mean, I don't say much other than like retweeting stuff from the gray rooms because like, I mean, I guess I would say more weird, dumb shit if that was entertaining. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's 2022. I'm a new I'm a new person. We'll see. New year, new me, whatever. Hashtag new year, new me, bro. And real quick, as far as with behind the door, give one last quick plug for behind the door and what exactly you do with it. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, I host the coolest show on the planet where if you are an author and you write a very delectable horror story, I'm going to want to talk to you about it. I'm going to break it down. I want to understand what made you, you and write that. And that's basically what I do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, Brooks, man, it's it's a pleasure getting to talk with you. It's been a pleasure getting to know you over the last uh, couple of months. And, you know, we'll definitely be doing this again sometime. And I appreciate uh, you being so kid and just being such a great human being, man. Oh, man, you're awesome, too, TJ. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for loving the gray rooms, my friend. Like, it's it's awesome to have, you know, people like you telling us, telling me what you enjoy. Like, it's fun to to interact with this. So I've had a great chat with you. Thank you. All right, guys, there you have it. My chat with Brooks Bigley, communications director for the Gray Rooms and host and producer of Behind the Door. We went behind the Brooks and we had a great time. <laughs> Huge shout out again to Brooks for being such a fantastic guest. There was a lot of fun times had before we even press record again in the chat and then getting in chat with him afterwards, kind of shooting the shooting the spit with him, so to speak, and getting to learn a few things from him as well. Because like I said, I, I have so much respect for him as a podcaster and he had some really good tips for me as well. And I'm always looking to learn and expand and get better at this, even though I've been doing it for a long time. I believe there is always room for improvement. And speaking of improvement, I got to give a shout out to some people who are helping the Hotter Show improve. And that is my patrons, my hardheads. We got my man, Will, from the Rolls Royce, who are a badass punk rock band that you should check out. Will has been a patron for a while. Will, thank you so very much, my man. I appreciate it. You know how much I love you and love Rolls Royce. Check them out. R-A-W-L-S-R-O-Y-C-E, Rolls Royce. They got some uh, some badass music, so go check them out. They have also been on the podcast before, so big supporters of the show. And then, of course, my man, Mr. Scotty D, the man, the myth, the legend, supporter of this podcast from day one and patron pretty much from day one as well when I launched the Patreon. So, Scotty, thank you so much for all the support, my brother. You know how much I love you, and I owe you a big bro hug next time I see you. Well, actually, no, we don't bro hug. Anytime I see Scotty, uh, I, he just leaps into my arms, and I, I just carry him around for a while because I just uh, I miss him so much, and I don't get to see him as much as I would like. So, much to the chagrin of our girlfriends and wives and fiancés and whatnot, uh, I like to just embrace him for a while when I see him. So... <laughs> Totally embarrassing you right now, Scotty. What's up, brother? <laughs> if you 
would like fun little shout outs like that every episode of the podcast, check out the Hotter Show Patreon. Find the tier that's right for you. Even the $1 tier will get you a personalized shout out at the end of every single episode, as well as fun behind the scenes content and access to live streams when they do happen. I'm going to be waiting until I hit my first goal, which is $40 and we're plugging along. We're plugging along. So I'm happy about that. We also have a $5 tier and a $10 tier. And obviously as you go up in tiers, you get more, more bonuses. So the $5 and above tier will get access to a podcast. I'm going to be doing once I hit my goal. That is a totally unique podcast. You're not going to hear anywhere else. Obviously it's going to be me, but I'm still working on exactly what I'm going to do, but I I have some ideas and let's just say it's going to be really fun and also more live stream stuff, video stuff, discounts on merch, free stickers and things of that nature when that time comes. That's also what you'll get on the next up tier, the $10 tier. I will actually give you free merchandise and stickers and things of that nature. So if that sounds fun to you, you want to help me improve this show by reaching that $40 a month goal. I'm telling you right now, the second I hit $40 a month, I am buying a program that I will then use to help make the show sound even better. But it is a subscription-based service that I I just cannot really afford uh, (laughs) right now, you know, so uh, I have that $40 a month. I'd be able to afford that and taxes and so forth. And that would be really fun to be able to make that happen, just to make the show sound even better. I always get a lot of great compliments on my audio production, but I am using you know, free software to edit this podcast. And I mean, it's never failed me. Huge shows to audacity for all the, all the wonderful, you know, uh, uh, that equipment and things of that nature that allows me to do this podcast for free for myself. But I would love to be able to make that upgrade back up to Adobe edition. And, uh, you know, it ain't cheap, but, uh, you know, with your guys help, we can achieve that and you can help this show grow. And you can also help the show grow by leaving a rating on either the Apple podcast app or the Spotify app. Go on there, leave a rating. Five-star ratings really help. They help this show grow and climb the charts. So something to think about. If you enjoyed this episode, maybe leave a little leave a little five-star rating. Leave a star, five-star rating for your boy and for Brooks Bigley. I mean, come on. Brooks Bigley is a five-star guest. Let's be serious. He deserves no less. So leave a five-star rating for Brooks Bigley. And of course, you can find me anywhere on the social media, The Harder Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as you can hit me up anytime at thehardershow at gmail.com. However you're listening, be sure to hit that subscribe button. I appreciate it. And thank you so very much for listening, especially listening right up to the end here. You are seriously the best. You get one of the patented. You will not find this anywhere else in the world in any other podcast. I can assure you, probably not. The patented Harder Show audio fist bump. What other idiot would punch their microphone at the end of every episode just to give props to his listeners? Not a lot, because that's a dumb idea, but we've always done it here, so. (laughs) Keep it up with the tradition, Joe. The patented fist bump. Thank you so very much again for tuning in, guys, and I'll catch you next time on The Harder Show. Take it easy, guys.